Welcome to episode 78 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Monday Night Football Sharply. Hello. And Matt Cosell. Matt Cosell. Oh! Well, Monday night. Monday is night. That, is that the kind of repartee we can expect tonight? <laughs> just Bring like it. strong. You just are looking like, live at McSauce <laughs> Podcast. Just like every single week. It is Monday night, October 20th. We are here in the spooky confines of the McSauce Studios to talk creepy crawly things like Warner Brothers' ambitious movie schedule from 2016 to 2020. A very haunted movie schedule. Very haunted. I think we also kind of just, we don't have any more Halloween stuff. We have to have another week to think up more Halloween-ish items. I think, I think we've got a good idea, but and it would have worked well tonight, but DC dropped this bombshell last week and would be remiss not to comment on it. That's why you come here every week for up to the moment commentary well, on up your up to the weekish up to the up to the moment the moment. <laughs> but before we give you up to the moment, a little something we call keeping house with Mister Sauce. Are you gonna call it housekeeping again? I no. I like housekeeping. I I want. It should have been haunted. Haunted housekeeping? Yeah, maybe. Haunted, yeah, haunted housekeeping. housekeeping. But before we get to that, we give you Haunted Housekeeping Ooh. with Ian Sharpley. Go to McSauce.com! Where we have web comics and we have reviews and we have this podcast that is your favorite podcast, I'm sure. If you're listening to it right now, 70-some episodes in. 78. 78 whole episodes in, then it has to be your favorite. And if it's not, that's okay. You can go to Facebook.com and check out the McSauce Facebook fan page where all the reaction to our dynamic podcast happened. You can talk to us one-on-one and have a nice conversation with me or Dom on Facebook. Go to iTunes, subscribe, the podcast will come right to your mobile device or your computer. Or, I'm not sure because I guess they updated iTunes recently and according to Paul, you have to Resubscribe or something like that. But go to iTunes, subscribe, rate and review. You can go to Stitcher. You can stream it there. You can also go on Podomatic, stream and download there. And uh, that's that's really all I got for the old keeping of the house today. Gonna keep it nice and short. We've been having long housekeepings, so. Have we? Yeah. Yeah. I I make that music loop like three times. Yeah. So, tonight, DC Warner Brothers <coughs> movie schedule. May not even get to loop that music once tonight. No. Mm-mm. So, I think this is incredibly ambitious on the part of Warner Brothers to release 10 superhero movies between 2016, starting with Batman vs. Superman, and ending with Green Lantern in 2020. That's not counting. The Harry Potter Fantastic Beasts of Beasts and Where to Find Them trilogy, or three new Lego movies. Straight up DC Comics movies. Matt, are you excited about 
the new Harry Potter series? Um, I you know I don't know. Excitement is kind of a a tricky word, really. I mean, it's one that we will hold you to. <laughs> will, will I go? Yeah, I'll go. You think? Yeah, yeah. You won't go. It's not a Harry Potter movie. It's just set in that universe. Yeah, what's up with this? Like, explain it to not only the audience, but myself, who is unfamiliar with beasts and how fantastic they could possibly be. I never read this series, Matt. Did you? No. From what I gathered, it's another book series set in the Harry Potter world about not hunters, but sort of wizarding cryptozoologists who go after these fantastical beasts and creatures that inhabit that universe. And I guess this is what that's going to be about? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, they they still want that fat Harry Potter money, but they can't go back to that world, and they can't do prequels, and they can't do anything like that. So Why they can't have they do to, prequels? I, I don't know. There's yeah. a backstory with um, with there? the main villain and maybe Harry Potter's parents. and. Well, we like that more than Fantastic Beasts. Do we like the prequels more than the originals? Uh, we don't, but <laughs> would we be excited for... I think J.K. Rowling would have to write that herself yeah. in order to get that train Because this is already done, it's in the books, and they're going to make a trilogy. Is that what you guys are saying? Yep. I, I think it could be cool. I mean, yeah. look, I think the Harry Potter series, the strength of it was the world that they created. I think it's a unique place to kind of, you know, just live in for a while. And I really enjoy that world. I think that it's it's a well-realized world and it makes me feel like it could be real. You know, you can get lost in it. Um, and, <clears throat> yeah, I, I would be totally cool with seeing more stories told in that world. As great as the Harry Potter arc is of that character, I still think that the, there's so much strength in the in the creativity of that world that that there's just really limitless stories you can tell. It's same as in Star Trek, same as in Lord of the Rings. There's so many things within those universes that you can go in different directions that don't affect the overarching like main Harry Potter story. Do you feel like Harry Potter needs to have some recognizable characters no. brought over, you know, from that franchise into this, or do you think they can start fresh? I think they can say, start in fresh. In the world of. In the world of. I really think they can start fresh. I, I mean, they've done it. They've done it in other franchises. They did it in, you know, there, there are connections, there are ties to you know, main existing characters, like, for example, they did the Lord of the Rings films, and now they're going back and doing The Hobbit. Yeah, there's a little bit of overlap, but for the most part, it's all new characters. This is one book based on the textbook that Harry has right. in Sorcerer's Stone. Right. Uh, they they did it in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, some might argue not successfully. Uh, others might say, no, it was, it was still good. Um and yeah, I think you can revisit existing existing worlds and, and tell brand new stories with brand new characters and as long as it like maintains that that general feel and 
obviously the the new characters that you introduce have to be strong and have good storylines. Um, but I don't think that they're just so um, like tied to these original characters that you oh no we can't tell a Harry Potter world story without without that character. I don't. It's think just it's- so many films that <clears throat> featured those characters that everybody you know audiences got really comfortable with those characters and people sometimes still refer to the character you know the the characters as you know it's not Daniel Radcliffe it's Harry Potter and yeah, Harry yeah. Potter's in this movie and yeah. so they're so attached to those characters and actors as you know those roles that I don't know um do you think it's going to pull on Harry Potter like numbers at the box office no. it it probably won't but with the right marketing, and if it's good, it could. Yeah. No. It couldn't. Sure it could. No Why way not? this is going to pull in Harry Potter numbers. Why not? It's not like Harry Potter was pulling in Avengers numbers. I mean, you know, if it comes out at the right time, and it's a quality product... Harry Potter is a worldwide phenomenon. I am aware that Harry Potter this is... This is a- not going to touch that. I'm not making any bets. But no, this is not going to touch Harry Potter. It, it may not. It likely won't. But it could. To write it off and say, no way, that that's preposterous. Preposterous. Is, I think that's a little bit uh, short-sighted. And it's a, lar- a little narrow-minded. True. Nothing's been released about this, this trilogy yet. We don't know who's going to be cast, who's going to be... Directing, maybe they'll they'll bring David Heyman back or even Chris Columbus to take a crack at it. You never know. Ian, totally just hanging in there, hanging in on Potter talk. I'm here. I'm adding. It's not like I'm being silent. I'm contributing. Yeah, it, it feels like a. It feels like Warner Brothers is just sitting around like, man, I miss all that Potter money, and they're like, yeah, I miss that Potter money too. What else can we do? And they're like, well, I guess you wrote this. That I wish it was something totally disconnected from Harry Potter, like a crime noir drama or some <laughs> shit. Like well, that's just it. Like, amazing. You can't you can't do that. You got to keep yeah. the tone kind of the same. And oh, you know, there's an established way of telling stories that I think whatever they come up with sort of has to adhere to. Yeah. And if they don't, then I think you're really risking a dis- you know potential disaster. And I don't think they'll do that. I think that they're gonna. I think they'll make a quality product. I I feel like you know it's maybe not quite in held. This franchise isn't quite held in the esteem of maybe like a Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, but it's kind of like a notch right below that. Yeah. And I feel like um, it's going to be handled with. With care. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of respect that, that's going to go into it. A lot of respect for the creator. Looks like David Yates is already on board to direct. Now, David Yates directed the majority of the Harry Potter films. I believe he did uh, five, six, and uh, both part sevens, one and two. He may even have done... I don't think... No, maybe not. I was going to say he may have done the fourth one, but I'm not... 100% sure. Um, 
Well, that's a good move on their part to keep everything nice and consistent from those movies at the very end. I'd give you um, just what David Yates did here, but, you know, Safari's lit or Firefox is like, meh, I'll get, I'll get there. I'll get around to it. I heard, I read recently somewhere that they're already in the works to reboot the Twilight franchise. Are they really? That seems awful. Too soon? Too awful. soon for that? Seems an awful brisk of them to yeah. just pick it right back Too up. soon as in they should never do that? Yeah, I mean, our, I thought we were done with Pretty Vampires. I thought that that ran its course and now we're on to zombies. <laughs> I, never, I never read the Twilight books, but is it... Do they have to be pretty vampires? Can a reboot of that franchise dirty everything up a little bit? Make I, it a little more raw? I don't, I don't Make know. it a little more enjoyable to a mass audience? Maybe get some legitimate actors in those roles instead of fucking Sourpuss, that's all I got to give you? It's instead just, of my dialogue in Snow White and the Huntsman was severely cut down because I couldn't deliver any of it properly. My dialogue was nothing, and my acting consisted of just looking confused in each scene. Terrible. So pretty. Um, just terrible. to just to go back to David Yates, he directed 5, 6, and part 7, 1 and 2. So he oh. did four of them. I want some scary <laughs> vampires, man. I'm, I'm done with rehashing and, and doing these have you watched The Strain? I haven't because I uh, I found out about it a little bit late. I didn't have it recorded, and now on demand is only has like, like the last four. The season, yeah, man. so I have to wait now until it comes out on DVD. But I hear that that is a good you know crazy creepy Nazi vampires or something. That sounds like <laughs> yeah, something they I'm um, into. <laughs> they do a good job blending. Vampires and zombies. Because initially when you get turned, you're kind of zombie-ish, you know, you're kind of sluggish, you're, you know, walking through the streets all slumped over, maybe dragging a foot behind you. But then eventually you get, start getting your shit together. And if the master allows it, then you can be like a real, real vampire. Mm. But it's a really, really cool show. I was kind of surprised. Was it scary? Um, some parts are creepy. Yeah? Yeah, I don't think any of it was really scary. What's the scariest show on TV? Scariest show? Like, legitimately scary, yeah. I mean, American Horror Story is fairly scary. There are some yeah. moments that... I watched the, the first episode of that. I watched the first episode of that. Nothing oh, scary. A freak show? A freak show. Nothing super scary, but it was overall creepy and it there were was some creepy. unsettling moments. The the clown gave me a little bit of pause as I was coming into the garage by myself at 11.30 last night. Yeah, the clown uh, was pretty He has thoughts of the clown. Yeah. It'll do it. The, the like, kind of mentally retarded couple with the shaved heads and the yeah, pony yeah. the the pigtail on top or whatever like those are disturbing as well um, for some reason though the most disturbing thing was lobster hands oh and the sex machine <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what a great job a but what a disgusting 
dirty, dirty thing to Now, I don't know about you, but when I see those lobster hands, I picture there's no, like, bones in them. I feel like it's just a lot of, like, lumpy cartilage and stuff within. Man, no, because he can... Can he... He can use them like He hands. can he grab things. Okay. He, he's just extra powerful. I just feel like they're real, like, just, floppy. Just like extra lumpy. Knobby. Yeah. Extra knobby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, who thought that up? Like, I thought whenever the chick went back, and I thought it was, I know it's American Horror Story. I knew it was going to be something twisted. But I didn't think it was just going to be dude fingering chicks in the bathroom. I really didn't think Well, that. okay, look. You have a pair of lobster hands. What's just the grossest thing you can do with that them? Was, Put them in the vagina. Well, yeah. there's, I'll, I guess... Was there a sink in there? I mean, come on. I guess I've watched two episodes this season. There are two out. Yeah, I only watched the first um, hour and, and even, a half. Even after, yeah, was a long episode. Even after just five. watching the first one. Uh, you know, a lot of the same stuff holds true in the second one. Like, I can't... And I, I guess they're setting up their own their own universe. Things happen in a different way. There were certain, like, people and archetypes are allowed to exist, and it makes sense. But I'm having a hard time immersing myself in this world so far because shit is so fucking weird. Like, the sex toy party where you go back in a room and lobster hands gives you the shocker. And what, like, I can't get my brain around the fact that this is a universe where chicks go in there and they're not fucking horrified by this this guy. 50s too like they would run screaming out of there that's what that's what i'm saying like that and then um and the clown the clown guy yeah yeah so when you first see the clown there's a couple having a nice picnic (laughs) the guy goes away to get a engagement ring or whatever out of the car i don't fucking know and when he's gone i think he was gone he was getting lube when he's gone, the clown... She brought out a gigantic cereal box size <laughs> condom. <laughs> well, it's a fact. In the 50s, men have bigger penises. <laughs> I got you this! And it was like a stocking. <laughs> it was thick leg cock. So, like, she's out there in this, like, field by herself, and out from the woods comes this fucking clown. And he's horrifying. He's so dirty. He's filthy. His clown shirt is dirty. He's it's all grimy. There's like clearly blood stains all over the place. Peeling off of his facial and head he regions. Like it looks like he's wearing somebody else's head. Google. Is that another yeah, scalp? Yeah, he's wearing some other clown's scalp. Sharply just he brought has, it up on the old iPad. Yeah, don't big, show me that again. Like, teeth mask it's scary. wrapped around his mouth. There is nothing remotely warm and friendly about this guy. Yet, he rolls up to this chick, and she's like, Oh, hey, what's up? Are you gonna do some tricks? Like, it's no... Like, it ain't no thing. Like, he wouldn't be fucking 50 feet from me, and I'd be like, we're out. Let's go. I would have ran... Not even we're out. I would have ran screaming back to the car. And then... And then, uh, you know, super boyfriend comes strolling back with his with a cereal box size condom, and he comes back, and, and the girl says, "Oh, I thought you hired this clown." Why would anyone hire that clown? Okay, first of all, if he proposes to you right now, you say no. If he hired that fucking clown, yeah, that, no, yeah, that that 
clown uh, delivery service, don't call them again. <laughs> well, you're you're there's, fired. There's a scene in, and like he. And, and he does a, some shit. Like, he pulls out flowers, and he does some tricks. Oh, yeah. And, but I'm like... Look how charming too, I am with my scary face and flowers. And my, like, you can my, smell that clown through the TV. And my other he's person's dirty. scalp on my head. He's crazy. You run away. Like, I don't and know. Like, part, yeah, you know in, the, in the wee hours of the night, it's kind of creepy. But... The more I, the more I think about it, like what makes what prevents me from really being creeped out by this clown is just the insane way that people react to him. Yeah. In the second episode, I won't spoil anything. Guy goes into this toy shop and he's he's walking around the back of the shop and there's three clown mannequins. Yeah. All in a row. The clown we're talking about is in the middle, but the other two are like bright, shiny, no, you know, like bright a- white, bright, colorful stuff. Like, how do you not pick this Find guy the out? clown that doesn't belong. <laughs> yeah, which one is the total murderer <laughs> of the three? He sticks out like such a, a sore thumb. I, it, it, for as creepy as he is, I think he would be He would be even creepier if he wasn't all murderous, wearing scalps and covered in blood. Because as soon as you look at him, you're like, yeah, this dude, like, kidnaps people, murders people, loves stabbing, loves it He's so much. Dude, and you're like, all right. Saw that coming. Yeah, but if right. it was like a nice, happy clown, like Ronald McDonald, super, super scary. If that was the case, but no, I'll take this a big clown and a knife in your chest. This dude is Ronald McMurder. It's fine. <laughs> we knew it from the get go. It shouldn't have been a surprise. You deserve to get kidnapped and put in the fucking school bus, Chicky. Sorry. Yeah, Chicky, Chicky should have got gone real fast. It's, it's only two episodes in, but it's. It's super weird. This is what's this so is far. what's taking me out this season, is that Jessica Lang and Kathy Bates are both doing these extremely Holy weird shit. accents, and I can't get behind them. And the the, the 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 more important part is that Kathy Bates is doing a dead on Pittsburgh accent. Yeah, but she isn't. But she's doing. She's not. But terribly. She's not. But she is. It's yeah. so Pittsburgh. It's so- she's trying for something else. But she's doing Yinzer. She, yeah. It's so bad. What's she going for? I, I think she's going for, like, Pittsburghese. I think we looked it up, and they said, like, Baltimore or something, like, old Baltimore Dutch or some shit. But it's, it's Pittsburgh. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's real fucking weird. She does all the, all the O's. Yeah. You can add that. I'll know where that clown's coming from, though. That clown's going down to the house, Don Don. But it's so... He had them scissors there. He's going to murder somebody. This is officially the scariest podcast we've ever done. Everything's so forced, and every time she talks, it just pulls me right out. Me too. And Jessica Lange is doing a German accent, and it is also not all that good. And And I'm like, uh, maybe you should have just went with your regular voice. they're great actresses. I feel like... It's taking away from that because they have to concentrate every scene and doing these weirdo fucking accents. Just be, just, just be yourself. Just talk. Nothing wrong with being yourself. So I I feel like American Horror Story is continuing the up and down trend for me because I didn't like season two. I loved one and three. Didn't like season two. It looks like. Season four is downtrending again. And I was so excited and had so much hope because I thought that. You know, the freak show would be pretty creepy. It seemed like... Kudos to the 
title sequence, though. Really weird. Like, sort of um, Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah, stop, motion, stop motion, weird stuff. stuff. Yeah, super weird. Yeah. Real creepy. Mm-hmm. But the show itself, goofy. Real goofy. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd say that that... Like, The Walking Dead isn't really scary or even really creepy anymore. I mean, it's gory from time to time. But I'm not uh, I'm not frightened of The Walking Dead. I'm trying to think if there is anything else out there that's scary. Um, I don't know. And I think that's like a market that TV really could capitalize on. Especially now. You know, ha- Halloween time. People are always into that stuff. And I think American Horror Story, they always come out right around Halloween and kind of lock in that audience. Same with Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great maneuver. And I think more, I guess Sleepy Hollow, I don't really watch it, but I guess they're kind of doing there's that. Some, there's like cool, creepy stuff in there, but it's, I wouldn't say it's scary. Same with Supernatural. Like there's some cool, like demons and monsters and stuff, but none of it's like, ah, I'm scared. Yeah. I actually thought. For the first season or two, Supernatural was legitimately scary at times. Yeah, I could see that. They, they did have some pretty weird yeah, the creature early of the week on they had things that and... tiny horror movie set up. Yeah. But you always had like this sense of kind of security, though, in Sam and Dean. Like You always knew it was going to be okay because you had the two main characters that you know are going to be back next week. So you weren't too scared. And the fact that they they did, like, the mom <coughs> catching fire on the ceiling flashback, like, almost every episode or maybe every other episode, that was always disturbing to me. Like, yeah. That was the yellow-eyed demon mm-hmm. was a great villain, I thought. Well, in yeah, the beginning, right. that very first pilot episode when, um, when the mom, it, you know, even before she's on the ceiling, when she goes... To check on uh, little little Sam in his crib, she is walking through the hall and the lights start to flicker. That's like a total like horror movie trope, which was kind of cool. And then she goes in and she sees who she thinks is her husband from behind, and, and he's standing over the crib. And he, I think he turns and he goes, "Shh," you know. And he tells her to be quiet. Okay, so she goes back downstairs, and then she sees her husband asleep in the chair. You're like, "Whoa, my God!" <laughs> and then she like goes charging back upstairs, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And then she gets, you know, stuck to the ceiling on fire, of course. And that's when uh, when Papa Winchester comes running up. Um, boy, I miss him. He was uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, he was. He should have just stayed on that show because his career, I don't feel, took off like he sort of thought it was going to when he left that show. Was it before or after that that he was a comedian? It was after that. After, okay. Supernatural was first. And and it seemed like his career was about ready to blow up, but it just never did. It was great as the comedian in Watchmen. I thought he played what I thought the comedian yeah. sound like and act like he's also what was it the losers with the, the yeah lose yeah. with uh, captain america right yeah and he was also aka in, chris evans he was also in ps i love you with Hilary Swank. Mm-hmm. three rom-com fans out there oh no what's a bit very i guess it was a romantic comedy but there wasn't a whole lot of wasn't it super sad it's, it's about him dying and sad. then like he leaves her 
like a, a letter, yeah. like go live your life or something like that. I never yeah, saw. Yeah, she it, gets though. like a letter a month or something from him How saying fucking like, "Hey, do this." Yeah, good. I mean, Letters from the like, dead. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm glad we're keeping the, the somewhat Halloween theme anyhow tonight. <laughs> By accident, because we uh, love sidetracking ourselves. Penny Dreadful is also a show with some really creepy shit in it, but nothing, nothing like that. It's they would be scary. American Horror Story and that fucking clown is probably the scariest thing that I've seen on TV in a while. Yeah, same here. Because the the master in the strain is fucking laughable. Mm. Have you seen that? No. It's he's laughable. Really? He's got these gigantic rubber lips. Yeah, (laughs) you don't you don't see him. Rubber lips. I I think I need to see him though. You don't see him for a long time, and they're leading up to it, and I'm like, holy fuck, this is gonna be terrifying. He's gonna be great. It's gonna look like. Nosferatu, he's gonna look like Barlow in, in uh, Salem's Lot, he's gonna be terrifying. And then they show him, and he's like some weird rubber muppet. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. So I understand DC is also making um, their own horror movies. Their own horror movies. Actually, you know, speaking of DC and horror, Constantine premieres this week, and they're really starting to put a pretty substantial push for it on like NBC uh, during uh, Sunday night football last night, they showed a ton of clips and well clips commercials. And then they talked about it a lot. And um, it, it, everything I see makes it look good. It looks better and better. Every time I see it, 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 I think it's going to be good. It's on at a great time in my opinion. And when I say a great time, maybe not like ratings-wise and everything, but it's on Friday nights at 10. I feel like that's just such a good time for that kind of a show. I think they might be able to get away with maybe some more stuff at 10 on Friday nights, even though it's network TV. I think they can push the envelope just a little bit. Um, You're right with the marketing. They've had commercials on the back of Entertainment Weekly Uh is a big promo. The back out of the comics the last couple weeks. Big promo. I mean, you know, it, it, it looks like it's going to be really cool. It really does. All the stuff with um, Matt Ryan, all of his um, dialogue seems pretty funny and in the moment with the character. And he, and he seems to look and act just like John Constantine. True, except they're not going to they're not gonna touch on the bisexual angle. Yeah, yeah. A character I suppose that, they're not. that already has that built into his DNA, but we're going to maybe possibly shoehorn that at somewhere else in the DC universe. But um, like, I'm okay if that's not a big thing, because you never fucking know that. It's like finding out that like Superman scrapbooks. It's like, oh yeah, well okay, he does that. But it's not, it's not something that needs pushed to the forefront of the character. The point is, if they're, they're <clears throat> trying to, and I feel like, I don't know for sure if they're going to do that with The Flash, or we're going to talk about later, but if, you're, if one of your objectives is to branch out and include a diverse range of people and reflect these people in your characters, and you already have one that has been written as such... It's sort of weird to ignore it in one aspect, 
but then bring it into other things or change characters around to reflect that. From what I read about Constantine's bisexuality, it's like a it's like a one-off thing in one book yeah, that like happened he, years like ago. Like, he kissed some dude in the 80s, and now he's just bisexual and forever. No writer, like, no writer has ever touched it since. It was just one thing in the way, way back history of the character. Paul, I agree with you. I don't feel like it's a particularly relevant character trait. Um, like you said, you know, it's why is that more relevant than what his hobbies are. It shouldn't matter. Unless it's pertinent to the story in some capacity, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, really, okay, diversity. But like, why is that even, why, how does that make it diverse? How does that make it more diverse than he likes basketball? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, well, we are making it matter, but it really doesn't. And that's part of, that's part of, Part of what aggravates me about the big comic book diversity boom these days is that it shouldn't it shouldn't matter. And you know, companies are coming out and they're like, "Look at this black character! Look at this gay character! This one likes men and women in the butt. We're so diverse!" And I'm like, "Well, you're you're just exploiting this character at this point." Yeah, right. Like, yeah. just announce the character, like. I am not a fan of Scott Lobdell's work, uh, but I got the first couple arcs of Teen Titans, and he created a character called Bunker, uh, Scott Lobdell, famous for terrible character names, and Bunker, super gay, sort of flamboyant, but it's, sort of, but there's no issue made about it. It's not like you know, there was no big push, and in the books. There was no big, hey, look at this gay guy. Hey, I'm so gay. Look at me. I'm gay. And it was kind of under the radar. Whereas, like, some uh, some other characters come out and immediately you're like, look at our new Alan Scott. He's so gay. Yeah. Alan Scott's the big gay guy now. Yeah, I mean, Bunker came out, I think, even though it may have been three years ago, that's a different time in comic books where now people are just going crazy. The Earth 2 Alan Scott that you referred to, I think that was almost like the big push for the Green Lantern's gay, and it's in Entertainment Weekly, and it's on TV, and it's on CNN. And after that happened, then it was, I think they, there were some, uh, some weddings that happened in comic books that they made a big deal of, and now it feels like every week we have to have some new thing that we're doing different. Instead of just telling really great stories with really solid characters, we have to splash and make these headlines. Yeah, and I can't. I feel like Batwoman's sexuality was never. I was confident the front when page. I was following my dream. When I meet. Wow, it was an advertisement. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like Batwoman's sexuality was never. It was the an front advertisement page of for your stupidity. Oh come on! I'm sorry. I accidentally. I just own it. It's in the middle of this fucking Constantine article. I'm She's sorry. A, oh, are we reading articles or are we podcasting? I'm researching for podcast. It was in the middle of it. What do you fucking want? Silence. Introducing no reason. Oh. Just stop. I did it on purpose that time. <laughs> <laughs> I have, do you guys think that woman's sexuality was a big part of... This is the sloppiest... <laughs> this has turned into the sloppiest... Minute of podcasting ever. 
<laughs> a big part, I think it's a big part of the character, but I don't think that they made it a big deal. I think it's, it's, it's a part of the character. They do reference it. It is important, but they don't smash you over the head with it. And at this point, like that's, I feel like that's what everyone's doing now. They're just smashing us over the head with all these diverse characters. I'm like, just, just write a character. You get into the story, you find out they're whoever they are, fine. Whatever. Right. Like, that doesn't need to be the headline of, you know, that doesn't need to be the headline of Harper Row. So in or um, Cullen Row. So out of the new um, DC movies announced, let's go through the list real quick. Uh, what what did they announce? They announced their their slate for twenty fifteen through twenty twelve or twenty twenty through twenty sixteen two thousand sixteen. Batman vs Superman. Okay. And Suicide Squad. Now what? Okay, so Batman vs Superman is May, June. Uh, three twenty five. March 16th. So March that's 25th. Extremely early. Early, wow. So because Squad is August 5th. Was, was um, this is Captain gonna, America March or was that April? It was April. It was April 1st or 2nd or something. But this is like crazy early. But it, just like Captain America, it will have no competition. It'll crush it will for be, weeks. It will be the fucking biggest movie ever. It'll With, crush for weeks. That's how you become the best and biggest movie of all time. By having no fucking competition for weeks and weeks. This is going to be it. I'll tell you that right now. Anybody want to bet? No. We don't do that on this podcast. We don't compete. We don't keep score. We don't make bets. So, <laughs> then... Yeah, Batman Superman's going to kill. Just based on... You're finally going to see Batman and Superman on screen together. And Wonder Woman, too. I mean, she's in that movie. Fighting. Like, people are going to go just for that, like, regardless of what the story is going to be. Right. If, if they can even, like, capture, like, a fraction of how cool it was in the Dark Knight Returns animated movie when Batman fought Superman, like, this thing's going to be golden. Because yeah. uh, that, that animated do that film, shot for shot yeah. from the animated film, and I'd be in, man. I really As cool that. as it was in the comic book, seeing it animated was, it, it just, like suddenly made you like, oh, that's how Batman can fight Superman. Like, it somehow, like, added a level of, like, believability to it. Something that was maybe... Don't shake your head. Four pages... Don't roll your eyes. This again. Me and Matt are talking. Something that was maybe four pages in the, in the book, <clears throat> in the film, was a good, like, ten minutes long. Like, it was... Right. A big chunk of that movie. And it was a good fight. Like, it was... Did you see... For me, personally... Picture? It was my favorite fight in an animated film or show or anything ever. Yeah, it was really good. So I think that they will bring some of that. If The indication from the teaser at Comic-Con, he's in the armor. It looks like they're going to go for it. It feels like that's what they're going to do um, is have them face off. So What yeah. I hope that they can do in this movie uh, as opposed to something maybe like Civil War, I hope that they really can manage to divide audiences where some people are totally going to root for Superman, some are going to root for Batman. There's not going to be like this underlying sort of like plot line that sort of leads you to who you should root for, like who the real good guy is. Like I want them to to blur that line so much where 
you're just like, well, I can kind of see it both ways. Like, oh, don't fight. I don't want you guys to fight. Like, I want you as a viewer to just be torn. Like, you don't know or – you know what I mean? Rather yeah. than, than – like in Civil War, you know, the, one of the greatest Marvel comics of, of our time, they had – The only one we can name. Were you torn in Civil, during Civil War? No, that's my point. It was so clearly written as Captain America in the underground as the good guys – in in Iron Man, while well, who did who's on whose side were you on? Me Captain personally, America. Captain America's. I think that everybody Ar- was on Captain America's side. I think side. that Iron Not Man. Everybody. <clears throat> well, because you're villains. Um, it's I, true. You are. I think that Iron Man, like IGN, always does end of the year nominations, and Iron Man that year won Best Villain yeah. because he was the bad guy of that. He was the bad guy. You don't think he he was was the bad guy, though? No, I was pulling for them the whole time. That's because you're an evil dick. Measures needed to be taken. A a full school of kids got killed. Or a school bus. Kids were killed. I think an entire school. Heroes needed regulated. The status quo was changed. You couldn't keep going on like they were. Iron Man... Mr. Fantastic, they knew what was up. Irresponsible... Captain America became the Taliban in that book. Irresponsible mutants and superpowered beings are always going to be like that. But the responsible ones should not be punished. Paul's in favor of the Patriot Act. He likes having his civil liberties infringed upon. (laughs) Don't do anything wrong. Infringe me. He likes to have his wires tapped. Yeah, it's not about doing things wrong. It's about the fact that they can see everything that they do that you do, and then once the things that you do become illegal, they can go back and say, "Oh, well, you were doing something like that, even though even though it was before it was illegal." We're going to bring this into the current day and throw you in jail. It's always good to have more Big Brother. Is that how Civil War went down? That's how America's going down. That's another. Thought we were talking Civil War. I guess that's what leads to the purge. <laughs> exactly. So Batman, Superman, it's we are some sidebarring motherfuckers tonight. If it's, if it's not the biggest movie of all 2016, time. I don't know about all time just yet. Yeah. But if it's not the biggest movie of 2016, it'll I'll be, be the biggest movie of 2016, guaranteed. And it will also be, it'll be the fucking biggest movie ever. I don't know. Suicide Squad also comes out. When does that come out? August 5th. August I think 5th. that could be really enjoyable. Like, that could be really cool. Batman v Superman will beat Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes! I agree! I didn't say No, no, no. The, the week Suicide Squad comes out, Batman v Superman will still beat it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's fine. They'll be riding that I, way. I agree with you. Five Just all the way through. It'll, the it'll keep doing so. It'll never come out on Blu-ray because it'll just be like, <laughs> like you can just go like, and see it in the theaters, and that's what people will do. Yeah. But I think Suicide Squad is uh, DC's chance to really open it up and do something crazy and different, something that Marvel clearly can't do because their villains aren't as good as DC's. So it's it's definitely an opportunity to. But that's the tricky the thing. Game. That's the tricky thing. When you start putting your villains as your lead, suddenly they become a little more empathetic. You, yeah. like, kind of root for them. Next thing you know, oh, they're my fucking hero. They're anti-heroes. They're not villains. They're anti-heroes. I don't want that either. 
I want bad guys and I want villains. This gray area bullshit is so 2013. I'm ready for 2016, man. Well, we know we can't trust Marvel to do that, but maybe we can trust DC. All right, so who makes up the Suicide Squad? It's going to be Harley Quinn because she's everyone's favorite shitty character right now. Uh, Deadshot is always in Suicide Squad. Harley Quinn was a lot better. It sounded like I said Holly Quinn, but I actually said... Holly Quinn. It's Holly Quinn. Harley Quinn was much better as a Batman the Animated Series character. Ever since she's come into DCU comics, uh, particularly the New 52, which was inspired from the Arkham video games, that like kind of skanky gothic look, I feel like the character is just like not interesting. They've tried to like do too much with kind of a supporting character. I agree with that. I think that's uh I couldn't have said that better myself. Have they gone back and forth on that? Like did they bring the standard Harley Quinn back recently or I mean No, I don't no, know. the the sta- the standard Harley Quinn I assume would be the 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 animated series, like that's the the Harley Quinn, right? Yeah, but I, now, I like in her new book, she no, doesn't look like that. No, She's no, still she like, looks more like the gothic like goth, video game, yeah. like tits falling out, and Ew, we hate that. Like, well, it. I know what you mean. I'm fucking teasing. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but that's what cherries for. Oh, yeah. That's a recall to last week. Back, folks, so go back. Yeah, there have been a ton of characters in the. So there's there's Deadshot and there's Deadshot, Bronze Tiger, Harley Quinn. It's always led by Amanda Waller. Yeah, Harley Quinn will be. Who's Amanda Waller? Um, she's kind of like the evil Nick Fury. She leads. Um, currently she leads DC's Argus. So for those that don't know, what what does the Suicide Squad do? Why do they exist? Why has this conglomeration of bad guys come together to do something productive? They go on what you would call suicide missions to get their life sentences reduced. Uh-huh. So they're prisoners. They're prisoners. And now, the government sends them on Missions they're not supposed to come back from. Okay, so basically this is Escape from New York, right? Out. I've never seen Escape from New York. <laughs> what? Me neither. What? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's like Escape yeah. from New York. Snake Plissken, he's a prisoner. You know, Kurt Russell, you ever hear that guy? Do you know who he is? He's in films. I think so. I think so. So he's a prisoner, and, and in order to, like, get pardoned, he has to... Go into New York City, which has become a fucking no man's land. It's where they put all the prisoners on Manhattan Island. And they send him in to go rescue the president because the president's airplane gets like shot down or crashes in New York. So Snake Pluskin goes in and he has to go save the president. And while he's there, uh, or in order to, to get his sentence either reduced or expunged or whatever um he has to have a successful mission very much like the suicide squad yeah, so I'm sure the, they lifted that whole the theme. suicide squad it's always run by amanda waller i don't know why they don't Deadshot, call it captain boomerang king shark harley quinn's gonna be in it there's a character called the unknown soldier who's involved in the current incarnation of it 
they'll pull a bunch of C and D list. Uh-huh. Um, weird, rare DC villains to put in it. Um, the best they could, the best thing they could do with it is make it like Gil Simone's run on Secret Six. The original Secret Six run, not this reboot that's going to be launching in a month or so. Because I think she was able to really make like, you know, the the Guardians of the Galaxy are supposed to be the sort of underground ragtag team. Scamps. You know, they get into some trouble. They're not really the good guys, but they're really the good guys. Unquestionably the good guys. Well, they're certainly not the bad guys. Right. There's always worse guys out there. But even, like, Han Solo and, you know, you know, he's scoundrel, but he's a good guy. Gelsimo managed to keep writing the Secret Six as bad guys and make them likable. Not just by making a worse guy out there for them to fight, but by just having them do just bad things. And it was it, it was enjoyable to read. It was, it was you absolutely could enjoy the characters. Enjoyable. Nicola Scott provided pencils on that book, and that's one of my favorite recent <laughs> DC books. I mean, like right before the New 52 started, that was probably the one that I was um, most disappointed to see go yeah. away. Did either of you guys read Suicide Squad when the New 52 relaunched? I read the first issue and I didn't like it very much at all. I read the first, I think, about five. Yeah. Um, and I liked maybe the first couple. And then it quickly devolved into confusion for me. I didn't yeah. know who was who because I'm not... Like, Paul's super, he knows all the DC characters and everything, and I felt like it kind of required you to know, like, kind of have a who's who of, like, DC villains. Because it does function on that, like, B-list level of a villain, C-list maybe. Yeah, it wasn't quite as accessible as I was hoping it would be being a brand new kind of relaunch. Which could uh, be good for the movie because it allows them to use characters that don't have... The whole history that they need to adhere to. I mean, you people can go gonna, anywhere you want with Deadshot. People are going to go in with no expectations and to take a look at this movie, just like moviegoers went to Guardians this this year and and gave that a shot. I yeah. think that they could have a really a really interesting take on this and do it with with villains with bad guys do it yeah but make them make bad them bad guys. yeah do i agree not chicken out and make them anti-heroes and and do something heroic have a you know like a like a character turn at the end like a dance like, off at the end <laughs> yeah right just what everybody was hoping for um so i i think it's cool i think it's a great risk that they're taking and when i say great i mean like i think that's a cool thing um because look if there's one thing the world really doesn't need, it's more just straight up superhero things. I mean, we've got tons of them. Uh, with that said, it is cool that we're getting some more, but it's it's cool that we're getting different stuff. And if, and if Marvel branches off and does Doctor Strange and does some magic, how far removed from superhero is that really going to be? Yeah, I, I don't it's know. Gonna, it's going to be... Guardians with magic. I mean, instead of uh, Guardians still felt. I mean, I think we might be looking back on it and giving it a little bit more of a rough time right now. Guardians felt like a fun space adventure. I would right. agree with you sharply. It had the same tone as the Marvel superhero movies, 
But it really didn't have a superhero vibe to it, I didn't think. Like, maybe more so with Captain America. There were a lot of superheroics in that film. Yep. But it did still have that nice balance of, you know, uh, political thriller than maybe any other comic book movie that you've ever seen before. And I, I feel like they're going in that direction because comic books as a property are flexible. You can do a lot of different things. And I think filmmakers are now at the point where they're willing and audiences are willing to go along for that ride and let them let them be different. So um, the next movie in that lineup is Wonder Woman in June of uh, 2017. So a mere 10 months later... We're going to get Wonder Woman, the feature film. Finally, finally, one of the A-list icon characters of all time. Presumably the origin story leading up to when we first see her in Batman vs. Superman. Okay, so this will be kind of a prequel to that. Speculation. All right, so is Suicide Squad going to be part of the same universe and everything? There's, no, there's no word on that yet. Okay. I'd imagine it would be, but... I don't, I, I, I don't know. You know, they're splitting off. They're splitting off all the TV shows. Arrow and Flash are one one group, separate from Gotham, separate from Constantine. That'll all be separate from my zombie. So, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to see Suicide Squad be a totally different thing. But being that they're rolling it out with in this block with all these other. Movies that absolutely tie into each other. Well, maybe it will be. Not only that, but you have Harley <clears throat> Quinn, which is a pretty substantial Batman cast member, and I would think if that movie is successful, if the character's well received, they're gonna want to bring her into a Batman uh, film as well, right? Especially if they bring the Joker in. You know, if they, God willing, get Adrian Brody to put on the white makeup. Yeah, and I mean, these are all the ones that are confirmed. I, I don't know if... Do you think that they could add on to this list? I mean, it's pretty packed tight, but do you well, think that we would really... Also, left off of this list are the standalone Man of Steel 2 and Batman. Movie. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Like, they're going to fit... I don't think that we'll have to wait till after 2020 for the New. next Man of Steel and the next Batman. No way, these are just additional confirmed. Right. They're going to... They're gonna and they also now. left the Sandman movie off of this, which isn't going to be in this universe either. Well, are we sure there's going to be a Sandman movie? Isn't Joseph Gordon-Levitt already in production with that thing? I thought. I don't know. I thought that that's what was going on with that. Paul, I thought, what's the word on that? I don't know. Sandman's stupid. Oh, okay. Well, there you have it. Definitive word. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the definitive word. Uh, but I thought that there was... There, I thought he was attached to that. They were writing it or, or something. I thought that that's what was happening. <coughs> there's, no, there's no real word on that yet other than Joseph Gordon-Levitt is attached to it. Uh, so we got Wonder Woman in 2017, June of 2017. What comes after that? Justice League in the, November of 2017. That'll be a big one. Yeah, that should be your introduction to the four other characters that get their own standalone films. So that's that's finally DC saying to Marvel, okay, you got your Avengers? Well, this is what we have. 
Is it going to be good? Um, I think it'll be different. I mean, that's all we can really say is that it, it, you know, the tone will be dark. I think it'll Justice League dark. Suicide Squad because DC has made no bones about going dark with their with their shit, and that's fine. I mean, and I think I think there's room for that with viewers. They have their funny, and now they're going to go and have some some more serious. They can make a hard PG thirteen with. Suicide Squad. I don't think they'd be bold enough to go will. to go R. Yeah, but yeah, I think Suicide Squad could be PG thirteen. I'd be interested to see what they're going to do with Wonder Woman. I think a lot of people are excited for that. I, I think they need to go real, you know, old time Roman Greek god style stuff. I'm sure that's where they're going to go with it, but that would be exciting to see. I like that kind of. The so, so. Brian Alzarello, Cliff Chang stuff for the new 52 really worked. It got really drawn out and really old after maybe 20 issues. It felt like the story just wasn't getting anywhere. Like, we were just moving so slow. Are those creators still on the book? I, they, think, I think they just that. wrapped it up recently. So now with new creators, are they going to try to bring her a little bit more into the regular DCU because it always felt incredibly segregated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I forget who they are, but they said they're going to try to. You're going to see other characters from the DC universe in this book because yeah. Azarello and Chang did their own thing. I mean, it was may as well have been a Vertigo title. It really may as well have been. I read that for probably over twelve issues, and I progressively lost interest as we went along to the yeah. point where I just dropped it because I didn't. I didn't know what was going on anymore. I was it like, didn't seem I didn't get anywhere. Well, maybe, but I just I felt like all of a sudden I don't know anything that's going on. I don't know who we're talking about. I don't know where they're going, where they've been. It's like I know I've read every issue, but I think that's Azarello's writing because I feel the same way about all of his books. Really, the Superman for Tomorrow book that was bad. That was the, bad. His run on Batman right after Hush no, was well, also bad. That was terrible. Hun- Broken Killer City. Croc was a pimp. A Hundred Bullets. I tried to read that Vertigo title. Got confused. That's where he kind of cut his teeth, isn't it? That's like mm-hmm. what why he's yeah. a famous writer. So everything that I've ever read from him. So you're telling me is Azarello is not a good writer? I would go out and say that yes. Paul, you've read some Azarello in your day. Um, I like Wonder Woman for maybe two, three arcs, and then it just seemed like it yeah. wasn't getting anywhere. Like there was no endpoint in sight. I, he's 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 one of the four writers on Future's End right now, which is really cool. I love his. That's the other guys pulling him along. I loved his take on Wonder Woman. How yeah. he changed her goofy origin to something that for me kind of cool made sense, and for that whole first. I think it was the first arc that I really got into, and then they kind of it kind of lost steam for me. But he he had a good start, and it surprised me. But that speaks to the fact that everything else he's ever done has let me down. Yeah, I read um, I read his Broken City story that he did after Hush. Paul, you hated it. I remember liking it, although I can't remember anything about it except that I liked it. All I remember is Killer Croc in some pimp outfit wearing, like, leopard, shiny leopard print, something around. Well, he's not going to wear, like, snakeskin pants. Well, he wasn't even the fucking giant crocodile. He was a guy with a skin condition. Was that that or was that 
Joker that he wrote. He was, wrote Joker. It was both. That's how Killer, Killer Croc was represented. Okay, I see what you're saying. That's Azarello's ideal Croc, apparently. Ah, yes, Pimp. Right. With psoriasis. Killer Pimp. Dumb. So after the Justice League Part 1, we get The Flash. And The Flash, they cast The Flash. It's Ezra Miller. From Weird how the official announcements for this all came out in this press release. They were like, hey, look at all these movies. And, you know, these two movies are going to have these two guys in it. But there was no there was no big, this person's going to be The Flash. Or this person's officially Aquaman now, after we've been hitting around about it for months. So Ezra Miller is going to be The Flash. Um, Backing up for just a second, they, you mentioned Aquaman. Um, that's uh, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is going to be Aquaman, as we all speculated. It, have they confirmed that he will be in Batman v Superman? I don't know who's all been confirmed in that film besides I read a bunch Affleck, of st- Cavill, and Gal Gadot. I read a bunch of stuff today, and I can't directly remember every every bit of it. But from what I gathered, Cyborg and Aquaman will have cameos in. Batman v Superman. Been, but cameos. Like, I think Wonder Woman will have a, a substantial part. But we'll see Jason Momoa and Ray Fisher as Cyborg. Or probably as Vic Stone at some point. Since Zack Snyder is also directing both Justice League films, there's been some talk that they're doing some filming side-by-side for the Justice League movie with this as well. So that's why it's hard to really, like, pin down, like, who's going to be in what part of what film. Do we think that Zack Snyder is going to direct Man of Steel 2 and or the Batman film? Probably not the Batman film. And there's rumor that Ben Affleck will direct himself in the Batman film. Oh, okay. So. They say he's a good director. That's what they say. I believe he's an Academy Award winning director. That's what he's won. So I'd be excited to see that Batman movie and see his take on it. Um, Man of Steel? I don't know. I would imagine Zack Snyder would get it or maybe... I I don't want Zack Snyder to leave Man of Steel. I want him to stay with that franchise. Give me three... Give me three movies with you as the director. So would you have somebody else do the Justice League movies? Like, I want Zack Snyder on those Justice League movies. I trust him with those. (sighs) I don't fucking know. This is your opinion. I don't. I don't. It's not a real. It's, no? it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say because I want those fucking Superman movies. Yeah. I love Man of Steel. I want more good Superman movies. I don't want to be like, all right, Superman, you were really great. You got the ball rolling. Now step aside. We're gonna do all this big shit. And oh, we'll give your second movie to this nobody over here. I don't know. I I feel like the Man of Steel film set the pace for what these DC movies are going to be. You know, obviously they're going to get bigger in scope and everything, but style-wise, I don't think you can you can divert too far from it or else it's going to be like, well, how is this even tied to this? So, even if they get a new director on another Superman movie, it's going to use that as kind of a basis and try to, like, be sort of the same, I think. Um, sort of like how Michael Bay's 
proteges hang on to his style where turtles kind of look yeah, like exactly. Transformers. They might do something that's like a, that. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. <clears throat> and I would think that you'd be excited about it, Paul, because the man, you love Man of Steel and they're rolling the entire DC universe out of that movie. Like, not the Zach, or not the Chris Nolan Batmans, not Tim Burton shit, not Joss Whedon. You're getting Man of Steel style on your all of your beloved DC stuff. Like how that doesn't like I don't know how you're not raising this table with your boner right now. <laughs> because I don't want Man of Steel to suffer because of it. I don't think it will. But I also don't think that Zack Snyder's gonna have the time. This is a packed schedule. A lot of yeah, a lot of work. If he's, in here. if he's doing the two Justice League movies. So what are the two Justice the Batman v Superman? Is that what you're no, I know. No, uh, no. There's a Justice League Part 1 in uh, 17, and then Justice League Part 2 in 19. Oh, so, okay. But between those movies, we get The Flash, March 2018, Aquaman in July 2018, and then Shazam in April 2019. So Flash, Aquaman, and Shazam movies sandwiched in between the Justice League movies. Do you find it a little curious that there's no Green Lantern movie on the slate? Was there, there is. It's the final one, six nineteen, two thousand and twenty. So ah, okay. in June, the final piece, the final year is going to be is going to be Green. Cyborg and Green Lantern. And but we don't know where Man of Steel two and Batman are going to be sandwiched within this. Right. Do we have any thoughts where that might be? Yeah. <laughs> um, really. Before Justice League, maybe? Jeez. Uh, I don't After know. I would expect League? between After. the two Justice League movies. Because you Somewhere get... in between. That might be overkill. I, well, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's... What the fuck do you see? <laughs> what are you doing? But it's a... I don't know. It, it's crazy. It's packed. There's a lot. But it's kind of exciting. I look at this. We're going to go to every one of these fucking movies. I, I it's a tight this... schedule. Like 18, if you're going to put a Superman movie in there. I look at like, this schedule. There's no room. It's four years, 2016 to 2020. Ten movies on the schedule, not counting any Batman, Superman standalones. And I'm like, holy fuck, DC. You are banking a lot on some early success of these movies. But I'm sure Marvel sat down and had the same thing. The same year breakdown with how many movies per year. And I mean, even I mean when going back to when Iron Man came out, they had all this emotion knowing what they were gonna do. And I'm sure but they didn't release it. But I'm sure if before Iron Man came out we saw that list of Iron Man, Thor, Cap, the sequels, Avengers, would have been like, holy fuck, Marvel, you're crazy. But Marvel pulled it off, they made it work. I don't know if DC tipping their hand and being like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Like, I don't know if it's like, holy shit, I don't know. I don't know if it's like jinxing, jinxing themselves. I think they're backed into a corner with how successful Marvel is and how prolific their films are. They need to put something out like this so that people can get excited, get prepared. I, I, it, it's it, in lieu of a movie coming out next year. I wish it this is the next best I thing. I wish it still wasn't out. two years away because what? It's, it's, what did you say? I wish it wasn't still two years away. You wish it was one year away? 
yeah, I wish it was a lot sooner because it's like, all right, DC, look at the schedule. Great. What have you done? Yeah, that's why they need to put the schedule out. To, it's it's just like a appetizer, you know. Here's here's our movie schedule. Enjoy our our TV products until then. We have a lot of them. You can enjoy them, but I mean, it's it's all they can do. They since they pushed um, Batman v Superman back a you know a couple of months. Yeah, I really can't understand that. It seems like the the schedule for that is very bizarre, considering. They're either done filming it or almost done filming it now. Why is it going to take another year and a half to get that fucking movie out? Seriously, how much CG do you have to maybe, do? Post- maybe they're going to surprise us and be like, ha, it's out tomorrow. <laughs> like Beyonce's album. <laughs> just drop. I, I could see them moving it. I could see them moving it up, honestly. How fucking crazy would that be if they did just, like, move it up? Like, you can't do that, though, if, with a film. If all of a sudden they, they just announced, oh, yeah. It comes like, out tomorrow. A week, a week before, they're like, yeah, day before Avengers. <laughs> People lose their shit. That would be an awesome move. So it's, a, it's official some... Black guy named Ray Fisher is going to be Cyborg. So black guy. Young, handsome black guy. Looks like Cyborg. Much like Matt Ryan as Constantine. Looks like the character. Looks like the guy could step off the page as Vic Stone. Much like Henry Cavill. Much like Ben Affleck. Even Gal Gadot in some circles. In some circles. Jason Momoa is Aquaman. A little different. Pretty much a lot different. A lot different. Since yeah. every time you see him now, he's got long hair and a big goatee. Do we think that he could be the king of Atlantis? Do we do we feel that that's how that could go? This this Jason Momoa from his early Baywatch years. Yeah. Yes, I can absolutely believe this guy could be close to Aquaman, king of Atlantis. Sure, he's got black hair. Aquaman's blonde, but yeah, this guy can do it. See, I disagree. That guy right there can maybe save some kids that have cramps <laughs> in the deep end of the pool. But that's about it. But the Cal, the Cal Drogo Aquaman, like, I... Is, is Jason Momoa going to redefine what Aquaman looks like? I don't, is it gonna, he, is I don't it, think it's going to change in the books. I don't think they're going to pull a Marvel movie. I don't think DC is suddenly going to say, oh, everything has to look like this. I bet you they do. They did it with Nick Fury. Well, Marvel, sort of. Marvel did it with Nick Fury. Because that's what Marvel does. <laughs> actually, actually, the movies. actually wait, let, let's, let's be fair and back up a second. N- Nick Fury was redesigned in the Ultimates to look like Sam Jackson, who then in turn ended up playing him in the movies. Right. This is a little bit different, but I still think that with Jason Momoa being Aquaman, he's not the punchline to a joke anymore. He's – I don't even want to talk bad about him because Jason Momoa might come to my house later and rip my spine out. I've, I've, you know, I've been okay. For the most part, I've been okay. With this casting, and I read a quote from him today. He was talking about being Polynesian and all the all their gods are water gods, and you know he he grew up you know in the water and his you know family. Um, so he says they're some of the greatest watermen on earth. You know, being Polynesian, it's a huge part of their their culture. 
and he says playing Aquaman, who is you know king of the seven seas and you know the guy built for the water, like he's really honored to bring that part of his culture into that character. And you know, seeing all those two tie together, like I'm I'm into this now. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be cool. I think he's going to make him badass. I'll tell you like what, he's going to roll up on Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck, and those two dudes are going to be like. I agree. He's just he's he's a fierce looking actor. I think that that's going to be a big part of Aquaman. Mm-hmm. He's going to have more the look from the Peter David run of Aquaman with the long hair and the beard, and um, it, he just looks like like a total badass, and I love it. I love that everybody that they're getting aside from the Flash for these DC movies are are men. You know, and they're big guys, and and they're like, they're all just they are godly. Yeah, right. So, um, Jason Momoa played Conan in the in the relaunch of the Conan series, which I think was a one and done because it, it wasn't very successful. But he was very good as Conan. And leading into the movie, there was all kinds of like media and interviews that he would do, and he talked about how he like devoured so much like Conan material, read the comics and everything. And he really treated it with a lot of respect rather than, you know, coming in and being like, I didn't even read the comic books. I didn't even read the source material like some of the assholes that are making the Fantastic Four movie. He was very respectful of that. And I think he's also going to do the same with Aquaman. Um, And he's just in cool shit. He was Cal Drogo in Game of Thrones. Uh, Okay, maybe he was in Baywatch, but he was in Conan and now he's going to be Aquaman. This guy, like, is is, like, padding his resume with cool what shit. What I also like about Jason Momoa is that he's got sort of a weird face that could be from an ancient race of yeah. underwater people. Yeah, yeah, He looks just different enough Yeah, that, I mean, he can pass for half-human. Like, those eyebrows that he has are pretty crazy. He's evil. Pretty. He's got evil eyebrows. He does have evil eyebrows. So, yeah, we... so. It's interesting. We like that. Different from the comic book representation. But Ezra Miller, cast as The Flash this week, we don't necessarily like that so much. There's not one picture of this dude that makes me think I'm interested in seeing him as being The Flash. Doesn't he look more like Impulse than The Flash, number one? Well, we don't know who he's going to be. We don't know if he's going to be Barry Allen, Wally West... Bart Allen. DC, it's not too late to change your mind. You haven't filmed anything yet. You can get a different guy in there. I've only seen him in Perks of Being a Wallflower. but And he was, he was good. I thought he was a pretty good actor. Like, I, uh, I want to see... And it's, it's so weird following the Aquaman conversation where Jason Momoa is pretty different from the Aquaman that I like, which is the classic Aquaman, the orange, chainmail shirt, short blonde hair. But, like, this guy, I mean, so far away from either incarnation of the Flash I want to see, which is Barry Allen or Wally West. I mean... It's also... It, the Jason Momoa, we could see tearing up shit, being a king, ruling over people... This dude, I mean, I don't know. Well, here's man. the he thing. He just looks also, like a hipster that hangs out at coffee shops, and that's no flash that I want to see. 
Aquaman, like we said, people make fun of that character. There's like room to kind of make him cooler. People already like the Flash the way he is. They don't need to change something there. But instead, they're like taking an existing liked design and a liked character, and you're making him kind of somebody that he isn't. And we have a Flash on TV that, so far, a couple episodes in, truth be told, I'm in. I wish he was blonde. Yeah, but I I, I get it. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm okay. He's, you know, DC's Peter Parker, and that's cool, and I'm... I'm cool with that representation of the Flash. So, I mean, and we'll see. I mean, anytime some news comes out about someone being cast in a superhero film and I feel negatively about it, I think back to Heath Ledger and how I felt when that came out and how wrong I was. So, this could be great. We don't know. I think what bothers me so much about this is that this guy is very... Effeminate. Even when he has a beard, I'm like, that's a girl with a beard. Um, <laughs> well, because the pictures of him with a beard, he's wearing lipstick. In terms so. of being a wallflower, he played a gay guy. He identifies as queer. And he was great in Perks of Being a Wallflower. So I think he's got the talent to be straight up, straight, leading man. But he just doesn't, he doesn't look it. He looks so soft. Yeah. Like, I want to see Barry Allen step off the page. I want to see a stubbly blonde guy, not this little funny kid. And he could probably play, uh, like, Michael Rosenbaum's version of Wally West, where he's, you know, the kind of funny comedic relief for, you know, all the big serious guys, which is what I expect him to be. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're really going for balance to the Justice League. They're going to have a whole bunch of big diesel dudes cast in this. Maybe this is just another way to, to bring a different element in. So we'll see. Uh, instant reaction is uh, I'm, I'm unsure. I, I don't know if I like it so far. But we'll see. Maybe he'll prove all of us wrong. I think I just talked myself into him being Wally West. I think that's more logical than anything. But yeah, they did just say The Flash, so... So I'm excited about the Shazam movie. Uh, I, especially in light of the uh, the great Jeff Johns, um, whatever you want to call it, run. The, it was a series of backups that ran in Justice League for uh, about a year and a half, and uh, they finally collected it. And I've said it on the show before, but it's one of my favorite superhero stories ever. That's how good it was, and. Um, I really hope they use that as a template for the film. Uh, We talked about The Rock being Black Adam in it. I think that's very good casting. I think it's going to be really, really good. We just need to find out who the fucking Shazam's going to be. I I don't understand. Probably Sean Hayes. The way DC's going. (laughs) So, hopefully it'll be good. So the, the final movie on the DC schedule. And first of all, April 3rd, 2020, Cyborg. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> That's your favorite. Boring. Boring. Favorite character. hero ever. Boring in Teen Titans. Boring in Justice League. That character is just boring. 
any way you got them. I honestly could name a hundred other DC heroes, villains, whatever that I'd like to see before Cyborg. I agree. Yeah, I've um, never, I've never seen a character forced down our throat the way that DC forces Cyborg down our throat. Oh, maybe, maybe Luke Cage in Marvel. That's it. That's uh, yeah, yeah, I think Bendis. Because all of a sudden, Luke Cage was fucking everything. That that and Spider Woman, like you right? Couldn't, you couldn't open, yeah, you couldn't open a Marvel book without seeing one of those two. Um, but the last movie is the Green Lantern reboot. What? Rebooting Green Lantern, I assume. The Green Lantern. The Green Lantern getting away from Hal Jordan. Uh, there is currently there is no Green Lantern in the Justice League. There is. Uh, an Earth woman named Jessica Cruz who was hard who was saddled with the Earth Three evil Green Lantern ring. What? It's yeah. Wh- <laughs> <laughs> the Earth Three. Uh, the what the fuck are they called? The Justice League doppelgangers with Ultraman and Owlman. The Crime Syndicate. Okay. Yeah, I know those guys. They show up to take over Earth and forever evil. Justice League defeats them, um, but then Power Ring gets killed, but his ring gets away, and it lands on this chick, Jessica Cruz, who witnessed the murder at some point, and she's afraid to leave her house because she's afraid the hitmen are going to be coming after her. So this ring preys on fear instead of um, needing to overcome fear to use the willpower of the Green Lantern Ring. So the article on Newsarama that I read today was that this is who's going to be in this movie to break down some of the sausage fest of the Justice League. By the time this, by the time Justice League comes out, Jeff Johns is going to have enough time in the Justice League book to have her overcome this fear ring and be inducted into the actual Green Lantern Corps to be the sixth sixth member of Earth to wear a Green Lantern ring, and it will be a female Green Lantern. In that 2020 movie. Like a female Thor? Thoffer and fuck attack. Right, but legit, because they won't bring Hal Jordan back. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. this a good idea? I don't like this one either. I was. <laughs> it's just a theory. Paul, I was literally falling asleep as you were describing it. It's complicated. It. And if, like, if you just go into the, if you just go into the movie, like, okay, Green Lantern's a girl. That's all, all, all you need to know. She controls the green power ring. That's it. But They're not going to do that whole thing that you no, explained. The whole they? thing I just explained is what is going to put her as the Green Lantern by the time Justice League comes In out. the comic books front and center. So, yeah, so that there's an excuse to use her instead of Jon Stewart or Kyle Rayner or some other already established one. Because by then, she will be the this, Green Lantern. This Justice gets League. back to our diversity thing where it's like you're doing it because you have to be diverse. It's not like it's not a natural progression of a storyline taking place. It's like, well, there's not enough women. Or you have or pushing female characters, black characters, or gay characters that already exist, already have been created. Put them in their own films. Put their in them in their own television. John Stewart John Stewart What's makes sense. John Stewart. You want diversity? You already have a black Green Lantern. Hal Jordan didn't work. So, naturally, Jon Stewart makes sense. Like, how about this? Instead of Cyborg, Jon Stewart, Green Lantern. Instead of... And, or and how, then, instead of Cyborg, Martian Manhunter, 
Who's a black guy when he's human? Is he? I thought he was white. I always see him as black. I think the, there's a black actor that voices him. Or in, in he was black and small. And if you want female characters, how about Hawk Girl? Can we have Hawk Girl bring her in? You open up the you know more cosmic or different dimensions or worlds in the DC universe, and you have your already established organic female strong character that you want. Like, why can't we do that? Justice League got it right in the cartoon. Why can't we just do that version of Justice League that looks like that? Just do those people. I agree with you. Um, I, I don't understand why you can't go back to Hal Jordan. Yes, it didn't work with the first movie, but... Another another white guy, and Whitey's the devil. Wow, we can't argue with that. <laughs> but... I don't think that movie failed because it had Hal Jordan in it. It failed because the villain was pretty, pretty bad. Like, the worst villain was a cloud, and the one that was even worse than that was, like, in a wheelchair-bound invalid that you laughed at more than were yeah, intimidated by. Yeah, had way more things wrong. A lot of bad writing. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot. The character had nothing to do with it. Actually... This isn't exactly a compliment, but it's not an indictment either. Ryan Reynolds was probably the best fucking part of that movie. Yeah, I I think he was good in it. I didn't dislike his performance. I didn't either. He didn't have much to work with, and he still did an okay job. I think it'd be good if they recast him, because I wasn't super... Yeah, I remember Paul was in love with that idea. When they first cast him as Green Lantern, Paul was doing backflips. He was so excited. He because he, it was gonna be great. Yeah, he did good. And in and then, an alternate reality, it was great. I remember when that Entertainment Weekly came out, and I got it yep. in the mail, and I was like, "I yeah. hope Paul doesn't ever see this because he's gonna be very upset and cut himself." Dumb. God, so, they fucked that up. Yeah, and, and it just seems like they're making things more complicated than they already need to yeah. be. By, you know, we well, we have to banish Hal Jordan in the comic books and then write in this this female character or but this that's, new character. That's just the comics. For the movie, it's going to so, be simple. This is your Green Lantern, it's a girl. We, yeah. have to, we have to do it in the comics so that, you know, us fanboys don't freak out that this character wasn't already established. But it's already so telegraphed. We already see. But everybody what already doing. knows. Granted, Green Lantern isn't exactly Superman, but we all know Green Lantern's a guy. Yeah. So when it's not a guy, all of a sudden, uh, what? What's this? I, I don't even, think you even should fuck they with that. talk about the John Stewart fan base where most people don't know Hal Jordan. They know John Stewart. Still a guy. But by the time this comes out, and when this comes out, you know, after that, you know, maybe Green Lantern's a girl for... Mm, I hate that. Another generation. Why don't they fucking change Wonder Woman to a dude? That would be amazing. Have... Ezra Miller play Wonder Woman. <laughs> you know, it's it's so it, it, it's it's so goofy because you know, like I don't I wouldn't expect them I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to make a Luke Cage movie and all of a sudden he's a white guy. Well, you know we just felt like making Luke Cage white. Then don't fucking make Wally West black or you know don't make Green Lantern a girl. Like you have so many characters. If you want to. If you want to use a diverse character in the Justice League, make it Conway Ray as Blue Beetle. Make it Hawk Girl. Make it Black Canary. Fuck. 
put Oracle in the wheelchair in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're already talking about that old Batman timeline where he's been around and he's old and grizzled. So just, you know, use Oracle, use why she's there, why she's in a wheelchair, is the lead-in to the Batman movie with the Adrian Brody Joker. There's so many beloved characters, and it's just so frustrating that they ignore them. It's it's like they have they have these ingredients on the shelf right there in front of them, but no, we're going to go out and buy some brand new ingredients and just throw all this stuff away. Right. It's right there. Make the fucking DC cake. Already, you have everything. <laughs> DC stew, DC stew, DC gumbo. <laughs> right now, it's DC Dumbo. Oh! We're gonna end where we began with a prime time Matt Quip. Thanks for joining us tonight. To talk a little bit of everything, which is what we do on the Big Sauce Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. Good night. super excited that we got Halloween spooky talk in there and we didn't even really try. <laughs> we didn't mean to. We didn't mean to and we, we still got it in there.